0: On this episode of Why Watch That.
1: What about your friends? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, forget that. All right. Now,
0: <laughs> what is this about?
1: You're naked. How right. people are people going to react? And yeah. then you got to steal some clothes. Right. Who might you encounter? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, stop interrupting me. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of idiot? you see, I'm about to go on the red. <laughs> what kind of idiot, okay. If the person you are going to love visits you when you're six years old and you develop a relationship, you fall in love with them, you understand they're a time traveler. When you finally meet them contemporaneously, you're gonna have an attitude that, you know, they're not 40, they're 20. I mean, it doesn't make sense. And this is the great thing that you wanna play. <laughs> I don't like her. I don't care about her. It wouldn't matter if she fell off of a cliff. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go
0: head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and
1: TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic.
0: Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work so you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch That. That. So, Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. Hey, everybody. We are back with another episode of Why Watch That. And today we are going to do a movie and a little bit of television. Mm -hmm. Critic, how are you doing?
1: I'm fine. Now, a little birdie told me that hundreds of people have decided that they want to be a co-host on this show. Yes. First of all, let's thank those people. And second of all, let's ask are you okay? Like, <laughs> you sure you want to join this thing? <laughs> Producer, no. can you give us an update on that and then we'll move on?
0: Yes. 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 And it's so funny. Like, like, uh, like critic says, like, thank you guys so much for the interest and in wanting to join the critic um, and our wacky team on this wild ride. That is why I watched that. Um, as of taping like 20 minutes ago, <laughs> there were, Six hundred and thirty-two um, applicants that we had. So it's um, crazy. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So we we are going to um, at least put a pause on our current uh, advertising efforts to be able to kind of sift through what's there. Um, I watch that uh, production assistant team is helping us to get through <laughs> some <laughs> some of that, and then we're going to start. We're going to start talking to folk in the coming weeks. And, um, you know, you guys will start hearing additional voices on the show other than mine as we figure out how we uh, <laughs> transition into a permanent co-host for the Wild Watch that.
1: Show. Yeah, there, there are changes, uh, you know, in the offing. And um, we won't give it away, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say something, but no. <laughs> yeah, just stay tuned.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So that's how. Why watch that pause? Not pause. faux pause. Whatever we want to call this thing that we're that we're in. <laughs> what is it? The transition. Why watch that transition period? So let's get into the actual reason why you listen to this show. a why watch that first look? So we are going to start off with the movie, the movie. It is a movie first look brought to us by Netflix by the name Operation Mincemeat. Now, Operation Mincemeat is a British war drama um, directed by John Madden. And it is, um, like I say, brought to us by Netflix and stars Colin Firth, Matthew McFarland, um, Kelly McDonald Penelope Penelope Wilton and a bunch of whole bunch of other folks so critic tell us about operation Mixed Meat. who should be watching it
1: wow yeah and keep in mind John Madden directed Shakespeare in love he did the Marigold hotel movies mm-hmm. so you go oh okay and now we're doing a war movie oh all right now it's 1943 and the target is Sicily the decoy is Greece. Mm. And the British must convince Hitler that the decoy is really the target. But how? Well, I mean, come on. You plant a dead body with important documents off the Spanish coast. Hello. Obvious. How else? (laughs) Now, of course, this is a ridiculous plan, but it just might work for reasons the film will describe. I won't give it away. However, for the double-crossing team of spies called the 20 Committee, and there's a reason they're called that. Think about it in Roman numerals. How would you spell out 20? Oh, oh. oh. Now, this committee has been tasked by Winston Churchill to help avert Hitler. But whatever they agree to do, it's got to work. I mean, it's Winston Ch- Churchill. Come on now. Now, there are believers in this dead body plan, okay? And three principal ones are, number one, former lawyer and current lieutenant commander, or lieutenant commander, I should say, Ewan Montague. Now, he was invited to the committee by Chairman John Masterman, and he's Jewish with a wife and two kids. So, you know, that's going to be an issue. Early on, we see what has to happen to his wife and children, before he joins this committee. Keep that in mind. Now, number two, there's Flight Lieutenant Charles Chumley, and he'll spell out his name for you. You know, (laughs) he's a curious sort of fellow. All right, keep your eye on him. He's got his eyes on certain people too. What does that mean? And number three, there's Lieutenant Commander Ian Fleming. And now if you're going, what, Ian? Ian Fleming? Yes, that Ian Fleming. And... They, again, believe in this cockamamie plan. Now, on the other side of it, not believing it at all, is Fleming's boss, Rear Admiral John Godfrey. And John has his eye on Montague, but why? And what havoc will that wreak? And who's going to turn out to be right? Well, of course, history will tell. And along the way, this burgeoning and compact Operation Mincemeat. Now, That is renamed from the dreadfully obvious Operation Trojan Horse. I mean, they had to change that name. (laughs) (laughs) So they're going to receive some help from Montague Secretary Hester Leggett and Jean Leslie, a secretary for the committee. They'll need all the help they can get. All right. So to start my review, this has a cracking good British cast. That's what they would call it across the pond. Cracking good. That's what I would say about this. That's really the reason to watch it. So, in the characters I mentioned, and, and note this is all a real thing, real people, real operation, and so on. Um, but you go, it's another World War II move. I mean, how many of these are gonna get? But this cast does what it can to breathe life into this story. I mean, Colin Firth plays you and Montague. Great. Matthew McFadden plays Charles Chumley. Excellent. Um, you know, if, now if you think of Matthew McFadden, he, he came to prominence in Pride and Prejudice as Mr. Dossie with Kira Knightley. He's in, you know, that crazy show on HBO, Succession, playing a completely different character. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get from him. You'll see that here. Kelly McDonald plays Gene Leslie. Penelope Wilton is Hester Leggett. She was also in Pride and Prejudice with Matthew and so on, as the aunt of Kira Knightley. You know, you got Johnny Flynn playing Ian Fleming. John Isaacs is John Godfrey, you know, disbelieving everybody, and so on and so forth. Like, this cast, these are people you've seen before, whether you know them by name or not. So great casting. And it is fun to intermittently see Ian Fleming and how they play with what we know he's going to become. And if you don't know, if you've heard the name, but you're like, who is that? He created James Bond. Like, that's the the guy. And and even Chumley in the movie periods is like, how many people are like writing books? It's just funny how they do that. So I did enjoy that. But it's too long. It's about two hours long. And that's mostly due to the entangled and fraught love story that I didn't mention. Okay, I won't give that away. Now, it does play a clear role in the plot, but it bogs down the narrative. So regardless what I would say, if you want to watch this, it would be if you want to see a somewhat spirited British spy period piece. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right.
1: The producer's going, I'm not watching that.
0: Yeah,
1: Nope. not on my oh.
0: list at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone out there who wants to watch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the first half is better than the second.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, Operation Let's Me. Um cool. <laughs> on to our TV series premiere. The why watch that talk. We're gonna start off with um a limited series brought to us by Hulu by the name of Conversations with Friends. Um, this mm-hmm. is uh based on a novel with by the same name by uh author Sally Rooney, uh starring Allison Oliver, Sasha Lane, uh Jemiah, Jemiah Jemima Jemima um, Kirk um, yeah and Joe Alwyn Owen, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so yeah you Pretty. better
1: get his name right oh okay them Taylor Joe. Swift people come after you oh oh okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> the producer is going one hour <laughs> name for that group of Taylor Swift fans I can't remember called Swifties I, I don't know okay <laughs> No, no, no. Never mind Scratch that Let's not even get into it <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yes Conversations
1: with friends <laughs> What about your friends? Oh yeah Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah Forget that All right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> what is this about? <laughs> How dare you talk so aggressively Now look <laughs> So there are Well we start with a couple of friends Who used to have benefits And who currently perform poetry together Frances, played by Allison, does the writing. Bobby, played by Sasha Lane, calls herself Frances's muse. How true is that? So they're up doing a little poetry thing. And during one of these events, they meet famous writer Melissa, played by Jemima. And shortly thereafter, her actor husband, Nick, played by Joe. Now, you know what happens. Things get messy. Among the four of them. Real nasty and messy and so on in Sally Rooney kind of fashion. I won't even get into all of it. That's Mm -hmm. it. Now, the main question is this. Speaking of Sally Rooney, how does Conversations with Friends compare to Hulu's previous adaptation Mm -hmm. of her writing Normal People? Okay. Same platform, same author. They are a little older than the Normal People people. A little, but it's close enough. Now, in the comparison, what I'll start with is this for Conversations with Friends. I found Frances, Allison Oliver's character, the most interesting part of the show because she hides and reveals. Now, Nick, Joe's character, is a distant echo of that. And that kind of dynamic hiding, revealing, that's the part of Sally's work that I find most effective because it lends the stories a sense of danger. And that's what normal people exemplify. Not like somebody's, you know, about to pull out a knife kind of danger, but you, you go, oh, there's a danger in the relationship. It holds you. Now, the thing about normal people though is it had not one, but two central characters who provided fuel for that kind of narrative fire. And it was more consistent, incisive and revelatory as a whole. In contrast, some of the writing here seems forced and it's all packaged within a nicely constructed little gift, let's say. For instance, just to illustrate what I'm talking about where it's just kind of forced and it's like, "Mm." in episode three, Bobby says this to Francis, quote, we only know him because he's married to someone interesting, unquote. First of all, that's a weak line. Mm. (laughs) Like It's like, all right, Whatever now I mean Sasha delivers it but it's kind of like mm. and the thing I was asking is okay why is Melissa so interesting she keeps saying this why I don't really see it I mean Jamaba's being alluring and all that other stuff so what I mean what is so interesting about her I mean Francis is like I don't see it I don't either and that's a problem it should be so clear watching it that it's like yeah I agree with Francis we should be like ooh I don't know Bobby Francis who's right That's the kind of thing that works for Sally Rooney when her stuff is working. It needs to be complicated. So I really didn't care about what was going on here. Plus, things happen a bit too easily from the start. It just doesn't ring as true as it needs to. Now, with all of that said, conversations with friends, it does fit within the same world as I was hinting before as normal people. Like that show, each episode is around a half hour long. So you can give it a shot as long as you wouldn't mind that it has less electricity, and you'll know whether these people in conversations and developing relationships interest you rather quickly.
0: All right, now, producers like friends. next one. Yeah, not yeah,
1: I'm, but normal people <laughs> still look. Look, I'm telling y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's the good stuff there. All right, well,
0: listen, there you go, and. On the list next, we got an HBO. HBO bringing us um, The Time Traveler's Wife, the TV show, not the movie or the book.
1: Oh, um, very good. <laughs> this is look at sci- you learning something. <laughs> Science fiction,
0: <laughs> <laughs> romantic drama television series um, written by Stephen Mofet, Um, And it is starring... Rose Leslie, Theo James, Desmond Borge, um, Borges, Natasha Lopez, and a whole bunch of other people. Now, yeah. Critic, tell us about um Time Traveler's Wife. Does it mirror the movie?
1: Mm. Well, before I get to that, let's start with this crazy story. So we got Henry, played by Theo. He's a research librarian. Yes, he is. Who can time travel? Yes, he does. And he develops a relationship with his future wife, Claire, played by Rose, over the course of her lifetime. And I guess you could say his. Now, he supposedly can't control the time travel, which actually does have certain causes and which we're told is extremely frightening for him for understandable reasons. But somehow he knows that he'll come back to certain times and places to meet certain people. Is that explained? Also, he can't travel with his clothes on. So after he does the, the little jump, he has to steal some clothes along with other things. And he doesn't know how long he's going to be where he is. Okay. So as a result, he's had to learn how to fight to survive. Which I found hard to believe watching this. I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> you mean like
0: boxer fight? Like he's yeah, like Okay.
1: Because imagine, producer, like you pop up, you never know where you're going to pop up when you're naked, how people are going to react. And then you got to steal some clothes. Right. Who might you encounter? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, stop interrupting me. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking i know a little bit about this story so i'm curious oh oh okay so hold, hold that thought we're gonna come back to you uh, see that mm-hmm. in the closet reading little strange books like this i got you now he also develops a relationship with his younger self that grows as his younger self grows so he pops up time to time with that now if you ever get confused to keep track of all of these different time periods, what they do is write Henry's and Claire's ages on the screen from jump to jump. You know, Claire's 20 and Henry's 28, stuff like that. So, like I just said, technically Henry is eight years older, like if they were in the same time frame where they're supposed to be. But the main question is this why her? Why Claire? Well, you tell me. Now, based on the setup, It seems that she gave him the idea that they would marry in the first place. And before you start going, hold on, wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Here's how. She meets him as an adult, tells him that she first met him when she was a child and he was an older man, and that he told her that they would be married. So really, she started it all. He didn't know anything about her until she told him that he would know everything about her. He didn't even tell himself. For some reason, he didn't tell himself this. So in other words, she made him the source of her knowledge that they would get married. Or maybe it's the other way around. (laughs) Regardless, she shapes him and he shapes her and around and around and around we go. Confused yet. (laughs) By the way, pulling in the movie for a moment. I had no problems following the logic of the story there, despite what we all know is ridiculousness. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, on top of everything else, though, the main problem for the two of them is that he always goes and she always stays waiting for his return. Mm-hmm. Plus, at a young age, she fell in love with an older version of Henry, making it difficult for the younger version to compete.
0: Right.
1: So who would you rather be? Well, if you make it to the end of the first episode and see what Henry discovers, the answer might not be so obvious. But with that said, let's go back to the beginning of this episode. I've only seen the first for my review, and only the first has been released as of this recording. At the beginning, Henry and Claire seem to be telling their story to an interviewer who's off camera. But I was like, why? (laughs) I didn't know why. It didn't work. And then they throw it away only to come back to it at the end. Also, at times, it seems like a kid's fairy tale aesthetically, which is strange because it goes from having the look and sound of something from a Narnia movie to showing people's butts. Like, uh, you know, now, in particular, Henry's butt. <laughs>
0: Henry's butt, right.
1: Yeah. Now, the movie did a similar thing. I know all of y'all watch the movies. Like, well, I want to do the same thing What are you talking about. But the shifts didn't bother me there somehow. Just here was like, wait, <laughs> uh, weird. <laughs> Now, regardless, forget all of that. For this to work, really, it comes down to the chemistry between Theo as him, Henry and Rose as Claire. I mean, that's that's really it. Mm-hmm. But these two can forget it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, and one thing I did spot, because I did go back to the movie producer okay. just to make sure I wasn't losing it. I was watching Rose and Theo going there interactions, especially the first time when she shows up at the library and finds out it's him and they go to a diner and she explains what's going on. It was too fast. Like their exchanges went too fast. You gotta slow down. You gotta milk it. Mm -hmm. Like this is a romance. This is the time to do it. Give them a look. And when I went to the movie, that's what Rachel McAdams was doing. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what I would have done Mm -hmm. if I were in the role. That's how you do a romance. Mm -hmm. Missing. Missing here. Sorry. So, with that said, the time travel part, actually, I'd be more interested in that, but at the moment, at least, it's all a convenient mystery, even though we know that others can time travel, too. They tell us that. Plus, if you saw the movie or read the book, you know how it's supposed to work, Mm -hmm. right? I I, Like, if you could circumvent the romance and just go into (laughs) that, you might have something. I don't know. Now, you mentioned, producer, that this was adapted by Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're going, who is that? He's one of the creative forces behind Doctor Who and Sherlock. So it would be in his wheelhouse to do some time travel stuff. Yeah. Stuff They might tackle it, but I don't really care. Look, I'm, all right. So here's the here's the lowdown, okay? This is a harmless sort of entertainment. If you like that, fine. For people who are willing to forego fire and passion for a so-called romance that's cute and bland with music that sparkles with a suggestion that something's foot. That's this. Now, to be fair, again, I've only seen the first episode. Things could improve. I don't really see how. For me, no Rachel McAdams, whom I love, plus no Eric Bana equals no thanks. I mean, I could just finish the movie. I, I could just go back to the movie watch that for a more effective and, dare I say, understandable yet certainly flawed experience. Or, hey, we just talked about, producer, multiple times here, time travel, sci-fi, romance. You know what you could watch instead? Outlander. Hmm. Sing me a song. (laughs) You could watch that instead. It has a different Claire and a lot more bite. Hmm. So, producer, go ahead. Tell us about your experience with The Time Traveler's Wife. You haven't seen the TV show, but.
0: I've just seen seen the movie and I was Mm -hmm. like, it's an interesting story. I enjoyed the movie. I didn't have a problem Mm -hmm. with it. Like it was cool. Um, I think I've actually watched it more than once. Um, It's that kind of movie. Yeah. And so like, it was like, oh, the TV show, this could be interesting because sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, oh, this would be kind of interesting to see like how it plays out in episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought Time Traveler's Wife could possibly be that type of movie. But now it sounds like I should just spend my time rewatching. I mean, possible be that type of TV show. Right. But now it seems like I should just rewatch the movie if I want to experience a time traveler's wife again.
1: Yeah, and look, if you enjoyed the movie, which I did as well, I mean, it was easy to ignore its flaws, Mm -hmm. and it had mixed uh, reviews at the time, but it was a hit. Like Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it makes sense why. Yeah. So if you liked it, hey, and you have HBO max i'm just gonna say from now on you can check this out i mean it's right there also the time traveler's wife is on hbo max on the platform the movie Mm -hmm. so you know if you want to compare you can do that uh but the thing is when you come after a rachel mcadams and an eric banna you gotta have sizzle like they make that work. It's really about that. Because mm-hmm. that's how you can forgive it of its flaws. Because you believe that she's in love with him, right. even when he doesn't understand. And you believe that he's going to fall in love with her, clearly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, clear. Mm-hmm. Like, even the first time when they meet in the library producer in the movie, there's something to the way Rachel mm-hmm. McAdams is interacting with him, because it's on her. Mm-hmm. He don't know who this woman is. Right. It's on her. See, in this show, it's a little negative as well. Now that I'm getting into this from her perspective, because she's kind of angry that he's not the man she met because he's younger and they're dealing with that. And after the episode, they do have a talk about it. And Rose was saying that she kind of liked that. I do not. Mm. You might like that as an actor. You might like that because it's something to play, but it doesn't serve the story. Mm. There shouldn't be anger in it. Because like in the movie, she says to him, Oh, you told me to take it easy on you. Like those kinds of things, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. What kind of idiot? Let's see, I'm about to go on the red. (laughs) What kind of idiot? Okay, I don't care who you are. If the person you are going to love visits you when you're six years old, okay, and you develop a relationship, you fall in love with them, you understand they're a time traveler. When you finally meet them contemporaneously, you're going to have an attitude that they're not who, you know, they're not 40, they're 20. I mean, it doesn't make sense. And this is the great thing that you want to play. (laughs) So the movie, even though the story is bunk, it's fine. It's entertaining bunk. When you do it responsibly. Mm-hmm. Also, we don't, it, because it's a show, they don't go enough into how it works. The movie gets right in it. We see him with his mom in the car, that whole thing. And his mother's an opera singer. That, like that whole, it's just, they set it up well where you start caring. Mm. You can't be negative in a romance like this with the two principal characters. Okay? Mm. Like was said in Bamboozled, three-dimensional characters. Okay. (laughs) We took this all the way
0: around. We did. We did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, producer, after all of that, would you check this out?
0: Maybe. Maybe an episode. I have HBO Max.
1: Isn't that a miracle? That's not getting to how you have it, but very good. We're so glad that you have that. <laughs> you better move forward before they come for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, on
0: to our um, season premiere that's brought to us by HBO Max. Um, season two of Hacks. Now, Hacks is an American comedy drama um, that was created by Lucia Anilo, um, starring Jean Smart, Hannah Inbinder. Um, Carl Classen, Hopkins, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, the, the main cast. Yeah. So, what did you think about um season two? And are you going to continue watching?
1: Yeah, and and just to it's created by like you said, Lucia, but also Paul W. Downs and Jen Statsky. So the first season of this got a lot of critical acclaim awards, uh, mainly on the shoulders of Gene Smart. I did, of course, go through that whole season. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I thought that it warmed up across season one. So now in season two, Gene plays Deborah Vance. She's uh she's been in residence in Las Vegas for like decades as a stand-up comedian. Uh, but she's getting older. The owner of the casino is like, time for you to go. Now, at the end of season one, the way he sends her off is <laughs> kind of insulting. Okay uh so you'll see what comes of that now because of this she has to now enter a new chapter in her life what is she going to do without that residency how is she going to make a comeback now in the first season she was paired with a writer who is represented by her agent so same agent who he has his own troubles outside of these two so he's like, look, let me send this writer to you and, you know, she can write you some lines and, and then to that writer, you can get some experience. And that writer is played by Hannah Inbinder. and the n- character's name is Ava. Now, Ava doesn't want to work with Deborah. She, you know, Deborah's old news. She has other things, you know, other irons in the fire. But she had some problems in season one, not getting work, but keeping it. So this is why she's sent out to LA to Las Vegas from LA. So over the course of that season, Ava starts to understand Deborah a little more, starts to care. But there's a moment in that season when Deborah does something that makes Ava very angry. And so Ava sends an email to like some British people who are going to create the show all about Deborah, her dirty laundry. So they're going to put this in the show. Mm-hmm. But she Regrets sending that email because Deborah decides to actually take her up on her idea to actually be honest about Deborah's life and her stand-up. Mm-hmm. Now she does that at the end of season one; it bombs. But she's like, "Let's continue this. Let's go on the road, work this out. This will be my new act." But the issue is Deborah doesn't know that that email's out there, and Ava desperately wants this email to be squashed. Don't use it. Can the agent help her? Will the people who have the email help her? By her reaching out to them, will she give them more material? (laughs) Like, it's that kind of thing. And what's going to happen when Deborah finds out? Because she's going to have to find out. Now, of course, there are people around Deborah who help her out. Her manager, not the agent, the guy who literally manages her business. He's not in the first two episodes much. They do have a whole thing about him falling in love and stuff that's going on. When it comes to the agent, his assistant is the daughter of his boss, but she's terrible. So that whole thing is happening. But the issue is this again is Gene Smart's show. It's Deborah's show. No one else counts, including Ava. I don't like her. I don't care about her. It wouldn't matter if she fell off of a cliff. Sorry. Mm. The show also isn't funny. Mm. Not to me. Now, if you think it's funny from season one, you might enjoy what's happening in the first two episodes of season two. Might. I mean, really, there's dealing with that whole thing about the email. It's not funny. And I don't care if Ava gets found out. So what? Mm. I don't care. So the reason to watch this is Gene. Um, outside of that, I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. And I don't even mind that it's not funny. It's on top of that, I don't care outside of Gene Smart I mean there have been shows about you know the comedy world that aren't funny that I've been fine watching Uh, like I'm dying up here on Showtime like that wasn't funny to me either but it was more interesting to watch that but then you contrast with something that was on HBO crashing which was funny and worked about the comedy scene Um, so you know packs again is about gene smart if you like gene smart you want to continue with gene smart have at it outside of that i don't think that season two so far first two episodes only have been released i don't think that's going to change your mind it might change it in a negative way
0: all right um season for hack season two so you guys heard it first i like that first but you heard it here <laughs> um, but some things that you are going to hear about first on the uh, next coming categories of sneak peeks. Oh, why watch that sneak peek. And the first one we're going to kick off from this section is uh, Apple TV Pluses. Um, now and then. Now and then is going to be available on Friday May the twentieth, and now and then, is a multi-layered thriller that explores the differences between youthful aspirations and the reality of adulthood. Um, it is starring Marina de Tarba, Rosie Tavira. Pe- Tavira, Rosie Perez, Jose Maria Yaspik, um, Maribel Verde, Verdú, Verdú, Verde, Verdú. Yeah, so, credit. sneak peek. Tell us, should we be lining up to watch this on the 20th?
1: Mm-hmm. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. I'm so glad they have that in the title so I can sing that. <laughs> do you know who that is, producer? I do not. You know terrible. It's a scandal that you don't know that. I don't know what that is. That is Willy Wonka. Get, get it together.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. See ya. Yes. I'm so, you
0: know, inundated
1: with finding finding
0: you a co-host that I'm just, you know,
1: Mm -mm. couldn't
0: even bring it back up in my memory (laughs)
1: bank. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, we've been scandalized enough. (laughs) Okay, so. Now with it. (laughs) We have two different time frames, producer, 22 years apart. In the earlier time frame, there's a college graduation celebration for six friends. One of them doesn't survive the celebration on the beach. Why? How? What happened? Who is it? And what do you do if one of your friends dies? Well, I mean, you cover it up, of course. Now, <laughs> I mean, you don't like call cops. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we know what this is going. You know, you might try to get them to the hospital. But What happens if they die on the way? You, mm-hmm. you know, you know, don't, don't call the cops. Don't call the ambulance. You know. Okay. So, there are two detectives on the prowl now one detective is played by Zelko Ivanek. they're going who is that if you saw him you'd know you know he he was in Madam Secretary Zelko works all the time all the time and the other is Rosie Perez ho ho now she's kind of new to this detective beat but she's had experience so you know there's some dynamic between them and the two of them wear wigs to show that they're young you know it's that kind of thing now, is that gonna be a problem? Well, maybe not in that timeline because we know 22 years later, the present time, the five remaining friends aren't in prison. <laughs> so we know this investigation didn't you know, get them into any trouble, should they be in trouble? So at this time, now the present, their class reunion is coming up, okay? But there's a threat. Somebody reaches out to all five of them and says, give me money or I'm telling. Okay. And then you know what's going to happen after that. You know, producer, it (laughs) reminded me a lot of Netflix's Who Killed Sarah, Mm -hmm. which just came back Mm -hmm. for I think it's third and final season. Uh, In this case, it's friends instead of a family, right? Here, it's set in Miami instead of in Mexico, both shows star, uh, who you didn't mention, but I'll put him in here Manolo Cardona. <laughs> both, just, both of them. Both of them, okay. But in this show, he's one of the perpetrators who got away with something instead of the innocent fall guy with a grudge. Mm. So if you're going, to, oh, I watched, uh, you know, Who Killed Sarah, he is that guy and Who Killed Sarah, the one that took the fall and, you know, is now coming back for revenge, or is he? So. With that comparison though, this isn't as fun as Who Killed Sarah. To me, and I I watched into the second episode, and that was a bit, that was just enough for me. It's a bit too serious, but not in a soap operatic kind of way. They're kind of like towing a line that they need to just go. Just go and and be ridiculous. Mm. Now, the first episode was directed by Gideon Raff, who created the show that Homeland is based on. So the Israeli show. So keep that in mind. Now, for him, I'm like, where's the, like, let's go. Like, where's the heat? Where's the spice? Maybe it comes, but, uh, you know, I don't know. (sighs) Also keep in mind, if you're going to watch this, and if you watch uh, Who Killed Sarah, you won't care, but they have English and Spanish going on. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you might need to read some subtitles. Good to see Rosie Perez and, and others here. But I stopped watching Who Killed Sarah, so why would I watch this?
0: Hmm. All right. So I guess if you watch
1: mm-hmm. Who Killed
0: Sarah and continue to watch it, mm-hmm. maybe you can check this one out.
1: That's a great recommendation. And I like the maybe word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Let's, uh, let's see about the next sneak peek. <laughs> let's Look, see how- we, we, we <laughs> take it and we give it away. Okay. I, I mean, we whatever, however you say it. So <laughs> we give and we take we it away. We give. Yes. Yeah, so
0: we take away. Let me get myself together.
1: <laughs> Look, when they do it, I tell you. When they don't, I tell you. Apple TV Plus has had three shows this year that I've really enjo- enjoyed. They've had some shows I haven't. We'll see how, how they keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, but you bring me Severance and Pachinko and even Slow Horses. I'm down with it. We go here And that show with Claire Danes that some of these critics, I don't know, know what they were watching. (laughs) I mean, please. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, the next TV sneak peek
0: is brought to us by good friends over at Prime Video. um, And it is entitled Night Sky. Now, Night Sky (laughs) is an American science fiction drama that was created by Holden Miller and uh, Daniel C. Connolly um, starring Sissy Spacek, J.K. Simmons, Chai Hansen, um Adam Bartley, amongst other folk. Now, Critic, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Juan Jose Campanella directed, directed this.
0: Directed it, yeah.
1: Now, you know, that's the secret... Um, in their eyes that's when he first came to the fore won the academy award for best foreign language film and so on and so forth so with that in mind okay what's going on is this we meet Franklin played by JK and his wife Irene played by Sissy but we first meet them when they're young right before they meet each other is that important and then we see them now JK and Sissy as they go through what seems to be a long-standing ritual that takes them down and through a secret and mysterious passageway under the shed on their property when they finally get to their destination frankly eventually says this to irene quote 856 times we've made this trip and nothing's happened unquote now he thinks there's something going on with irene after her fall a year ago has the fall taken a serious toll She's still in the wheelchair. But Irene says, quote, it was meant for us. This is our riddle to solve. Don't take that away from me, unquote. And then in response, he says, quote, of course not, unquote. But what is this it she's referring to? Well, it's a portal to an alien world, of course. I mean, that was obvious. And what they see when they go to the other side, they're finally on this alien planet and they are enclosed. You have like this glass screen where you can see the planet. It's serene. You know, you get the night sky. That's where it comes from. The stars. It doesn't seem to have any sentient life. Nothing has happened. And that was his point. 856 times we've done this. And this is what we get. A nice vista. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like in... You know, white men can't jump. There ain't no vista in these views, that Mm -hmm. whole thing. Yeah,
0: that's
1: that. Well, because they live in the complexes anyway. Yes, I get it. (laughs) 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 Now, they've kept this place a secret the whole time. You know what I was thinking before I go forward in this, producer? What? If I owned a property that had this on it, I was thinking, would I reach out to the government and then, you know, because they might offer me some money. But then the issue is, do you want the government to have this? That would be the question. Or could you reach out to someone else on the sly and like try to get some money out of them, like some rich person? But then it would be suspicious because the the property value would go way up. And they'd be like, how did that happen? So then I was thinking, is there a way to hide that the money's for the house? I don't know. So that's what I was thinking. What do you think about that?
0: I would say stay away from the government because they're going to try to wipe your mind or
1: something. Wait a minute. <laughs> don't say too much. I
0: said try to wipe your mind or something. Don't that seems say safe. too much. <laughs>
1: So you would try to go to a wealthy benefactor and try to reroute the money to some other, yeah, because you can't like have a million dollar house, you know, way away from Chicago and Illinois. That's where they are. Yeah,
0: you have yeah. to, fi- yeah, you have to figure out how where to, like that money would have to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, see, any... I don't know. It's something interesting though about the journey of trying to. I mean, you have this.
1: So you want to keep the portal. house? is What you're saying. To be able to mm-hmm. go to this planet.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: Now, the thing is, you don't know how it works.
0: No, you don't know how it
1: works. So, you don't know what you're getting into. That's not, See, I'm cautious and I go, I'm not that interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will take some money for it. Okay. Now, speaking of that, there are threats. Whether they know it or not. For instance, there's Byron. Their nosy neighbor of six months. Whose wife wants him to mind his business. Franklin is definitely on board with that. But Irene doesn't mind him. Should she? Now, he's trying to run to be a politician, like city council kind of thing. What's that like? A nosy neighbor who wants to be that? You can imagine how that's going to pan out. Mm-hmm. Now, to illustrate just how nosy he is, he reached out to their granddaughter on Facebook without their knowledge. Why would he do that? Mm. Why? Why? Now, the granddaughter is Denise, played by Kaya McKiernan, and she's in graduate school. She's like trying to come up with trying to get an MBA. She's working for a firm. How well is that going? There's some guy in the class she's in that helps her when she's about to fall asleep, gives her some coffee. Where's that going? And what's her relationship with her grandparents? And where's her father? That is Irene's and Franklin's son. Where's he? Where's he? I'm not going to say. Now, at a pivotal moment, Irene meets Jude, a mysterious young man. Who is he? Where did he come from? Where did she find him? Now, as with everything else, Irene's open to finding out, while Franklin is like, I don't think so. No, 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 no. And Franklin might have a point because he and Irene might be connected to something that's much bigger than they could ever have imagined involving many other people and they don't even know it. And maybe many other places. Mm. So as things progress, you have to wonder, where will they end up? What's this alien world and will we get to explore it? Does sentient life actually exist? If so, is it friendly or hostile? And perhaps more importantly, are the real threats right here on Earth? Now... I've gotten in, I've watched the first three episodes. And in the first episode, Irene goes to visit an old friend of hers, Sadie, who's in a retirement home. Sadie's husband's just died. And what state is Sadie in mentally? So Irene goes to visit her. And after they go through reminiscing in a way, something clicks when Irene tells Sadie some interesting information. It drew me in, and to me, that's the show. When there's a stake to everything that's going on, when they're when they're going, oh, we found something. What is it? Let's investigate. That's the show. But they rarely <laughs> deal with it. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Now they can skate through some of this because of the acting. I mean, Sissy Spacek, J.K. Simmons, done. You know, mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. But you got to give them something to do. When you do, they land it. But when you don't, it's meandering. Like, I'm like, okay, can we move this along? Like, I didn't get into all the other stuff that pops up, all the tentacles, but it's like, it's too much setup. Mm-hmm. If you're going to set up, it has to be worth it. You can't just say, oh, maybe in episode eight, we're going to. No, no. <laughs> also, another problem is producer, Prime Video just had Outer Range, mm-hmm. they just had it, mm-hmm. which also fused sci fi with other genres. Now here it's particularly drama and mystery combined with sci-fi, and Outer Range. I mean, it's Western. It's Outer Range is more definitely more strange than this, but that also kind of makes it more interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's a difficult thing for me to say when you have these two shows on the same platform. I don't quite know why we need Night Sky with an Outer Range. Now, if you want a less strange experience of it, then Night Sky would be for you. Again, you can see J.K. and Sissy do their thing, but you can watch them in other stuff. So it, you know that that's the dilemma. I guess if you loved Out of Range, maybe you could check this out. And if you have the patience for it, mm-hmm. they might take you somewhere interesting. I know they they are like at the end of episode three. They they you know give us a little crumb, a little extra crumb mm-hmm. for a storyline. I didn't spoil here. I didn't even mention it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, after three episodes, I just I don't need any more of it. I didn't hate it. It's just why am I watching this? I got so much to watch. That, got it. Yeah. What about you, producer? It sounds interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: I'd watch an episode at least. Yeah. I just like you know I like the idea of finding digging for something and finding some right. alternative land. But what if
1: they don't explore that?
0: <laughs> oh if that's Indeed. the case then I'm going to stop watching <laughs> yeah.
1: so the question is how long are you going to give yeah. them to get, <laughs> to to get there <laughs> like don't tease some planet and then we don't even go on the planet yeah yeah
0: hmm.
1: where do we go I, I can't
0: tell you huh. interesting mm-hmm. all right guys so listen we got a movie a couple of TV shows we have all kinds of options to things to watch things that are coming things that are going um Yeah. And as always, at Why Watch That, we like to give you some options. Until next time.
1: Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.